And it is Jesus who makes this a glorious day. Welcome to this morning's broadcast. We are so glad you could join us. Please turn in your Bibles to the Old Testament book of Joel. Today, we'll see from Joel chapter 1 verses 10 through 13 that there is a necessity for faith in God in everything, even and especially in the times of receiving divine spankings. That's right when we receive divine spankings. God's glory should be an evident reality in every believer's life. And now, with his message for today, is our pastor, Robert Elliott. This brings me to a summarizing application point for you and me, and it's this. When the Lord chastens us, it's because he loves us enough to spank us when we need a spanking. I didn't love my kids if I didn't give them a spanking when they needed one. God loved his covenantal people in 835 B.C. enough that they needed a spanking, and he gave them one, and he used locusts. This, my friends, is a timeless principle. It's a principle of every era of time, because in Hebrews 12, Verses 4 to 11, listen, God says that chastening is a sign of legitimacy in his family and an evidence of his love for you as his child. Hebrews 12, 4 to 11, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin, and you have forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to you as sons. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are reproved by him. For those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. And he scourges every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate children, not sons. Furthermore, we had earthly fathers to discipline us, and we respected them. Shall we not much rather be subject to the Father, capital F, the Father of spirits, and live? For they, that is our earthly fathers, disciplined us for a short time as seemed best to them, but he, that is our heavenly Father, disciplines us for our good so that we may share his holiness. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness." When the Lord chastens us, when he spanks us, it's because he loves us enough to spank us when we need a spanking. When we need it, our Father reproves us. He disciplines us. He doesn't look the other way and hope it'll clear up. And when he disciplines us, it's painful. It's supposed to be. When he disciplines us, it's painful, but actually it's an evidence of his fatherly love and an evidence of our real adoption as his sons and daughters. I don't spank anybody else's kids. I've thought about it. I don't spank anybody else's kids. That's not my place. They have their own parents who are supposed to do that. 
But back in Joel's time, the Lord was spanking Judah with drought and with locust infestation. And today, right now, the Lord spanks the church in many other ways. But whatever ways the Lord uses to spank his people who need a spanking, we know some things are true. Number one, he is proving his love for us, verse 6a. Number two, he is proving his acceptance of us into his family, verses 6b through 8. He is giving us the opportunity to be submitted to him, verse 9. He is enhancing the quality of our lives by protecting us, verse 9b. He is doing us good, verse 10. He is sharing his practical holiness with us, verse 10b. He is training us, verse 11. He is ushering in peace and rightness before him, verse 11b. He loves us enough to chasten us. He cares about us enough to spank us. There are two more verses I want to tie into this before we quit. And the first is Romans 1.17. It says this, For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. The it refers back to verse 16, the gospel. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. It's a little phrase from faith to faith that I want to hit on with you. This phrase from faith to faith stresses that salvation, the whole package of salvation, is faith of faith, justification is of faith, sanctification is of faith, glorification is of faith. From faith to faith, from the beginning of being made right with God to the finish of being culminated in being completely right before God, it's all of faith. From faith to faith. And so this means that when the Lord causes us pain by spanking us, we are to respond with faith in him. If our beginning of rightness with God starts by faith, and if the end of our right standing with God, perfect right standing with God, is all tied into faith, then everything in between should be tied into faith, including when he spanks us, we should respond to him in faith and not excuse. We should respond to him in faith and not grumbling when he spanks us. We should respond to him in faith when he chastens us, not with doubt, not with bitterness. Put another way. You could drill a test hole at any point in your redeemed life, and faith should be the core sample of any drill hole. The second group of verses I want to close with are 2 Corinthians 3, 17 to 18. Now the Lord is the Spirit, capital S, Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with veiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, as being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord the Spirit. From glory to glory is the phrase to camp on here. And this phrase, from glory to glory, stresses that sanctification, being set apart for God's possession and use, that whole package of God's work on us reveals God's glory. And under the old covenant of the law, God's glory was revealed. But under the new covenant of grace, God's glory is equally revealed. So whether you were an Israelite when Joel lived on earth and you were being spanked for your law-breaking, or whether tonight you're in the church and you're being spanked for sinful disobedience to New Testament scriptural commands, God's glory is the displayed reality. Put another way, 
drill a test hole in the chastened lives of any believer, of any dispensation, of any testament of the Bible, and the core sample of any drill hole is God's glory. Even if the test hole drilled is a test hole of a season or an episode of spanking. From glory to glory. God sent the locusts, and they did their job. The question that remained was, would the nation get the point and repent? Would faith and evident glory of God show up in their chastened lives? Please pray with me. Lord, spiritual apathy is upon us and around us. When it's SOS, same old stuff in the church, when your word has become something we treat very lightly and we turn to the edge of our lives often, when assembling together for worship is no longer seen as a tremendous privilege that the troops of this nation fought hard to preserve and gave their lives on the battlefields of Europe, that we could worship you and have a Bible here in this building and in our homes. Lord, it's so easy for us to become lethargic, to fire up little ditty prayers that are memorized and so superficial because we really have concluded we're too busy to pray and we really don't need you that much. Lord, would you deliver us from spiritual dullness? Would you please wake us up that we could smell the coffee of our sins and that we could turn from them in the strength that you loan to us? May the Lord Jesus Christ be enthroned as the one in control and having first place in this church. And may he be enthroned as having first place in our families, in our marriages, and in our redeemed lives. Forgive us, Lord, when we have let anything other than the Holy Spirit control us. Lord, if there would be any here struggling with addiction, I pray that you would be their victory and their sobriety. Lord, we can hear the buzzing of the bugs, and we would pray that we would get our hearts and lives in line with you before any devastation you may be deciding to bring. Thanks, Pastor Rob, for your message today. And now, today's personal God story. Well, this morning, we're very pleased to have in our radio studio, Brother Greg and Sister Rita Sweeting, and they have a wonderful God story to share, and uh, please go right ahead and, and do that. Well, Pastor, let me, let me start. Um, this, of course, concerns our daughter. She had been in the UK attending university and had come home for the summer, met with some friends, and went out to uh, Coral Harbor, where the friends were swimming in the deep water out there. Uh-huh. We didn't know where they were, of course. All we know, she had gone out with her friends. But then we had what the old expression is that we had the phone call that no parent wants to receive Mm -hmm. your daughter's had an accident you need to come well we went we went to doctor's hospital to meet the um incoming car with my daughter in the meantime rita my wife called and sent an ambulance out the ambulance crossed the car what had happened is nicola had been badgered by her friends to jump in and join in the fun. Mm-hmm. And as you probably know, Clifton Pier is probably one of the highest points on our island. But the water is very deep, so the kids were jumping off the cliff into the water. 
and insisted that Nicola and her friend should come and join them. Mm-hmm. Well, after some hesitation, she decided to do that. And that decision changed our lives. She jumped into the water and, as we found out later, somehow landed in some awkward position and broke her back. Mm. She sunk towards the bottom and she told us later she had to consciously decide, I will swim to the surface. Wow. So she went over to the metal ladder and her friends pulled her by her arms up, which is a total wrong thing to do on a broken back. Uh-huh. God was in this right from the beginning, Pastor, and protected our daughter. Praise the Lord. Well, we, uh, we waited for the ambulance to arrive, and I'll let Rita describe our feelings standing there that morning, that afternoon, when that ambulance opened and we saw our daughter. Hmm. The ambulance pulled up, and the doors opened, and the first thing we saw was Nicola lying on the stretcher with a collar around her neck, and her best friend, Marinda, sitting at her head with the tears pouring down her face. They took Nicola into x-ray and uh, called us in, and the diagnosis was that she had broken, crushed two vertebrae Mm. in her spine. When we came out of there, the chapel at the hospital was full, and our friends and family and our pastor at the time, Pastor Alan Lee, they were all there, and they everybody was praying. And I know other friends were praying at home, too. So the thing was that they felt at that time that we had to take her away to have this attended to. So an air ambulance was arranged the following morning to take us to Jackson Memorial. I went out in the ambulance with Nicola, and um, Greg went with our son Richard to meet us there. And as we pulled into the gate at the private airport, there was a huge rainbow over the gate and over the plane that we were going to be taking. Greg and I just looked at each other and believed that God was giving us a promise. Mm -hmm. So Nicola was taken to the trauma center at Jackson, spent the night in a rotating bed, was given drugs that she was allergic to, and so she broke out all over with hives. Um, And the next day they took her to a room of her own, and they fit her with a body brace, which was from her, um, basically her neck down to her thighs. Wow. Um, First of all, they wanted her to walk every day with the brace on to see if her spine was going to shift or not. And that's what we did. While we were walking one day around the corridors of the hospital, We came upon a nurse who was entering another room. As we got near to her, she turned and looked at us, and I froze in my tracks because all I can say is that the look she gave us was pure evil. Really? And I have never forgotten it to this day, and this was many years ago. It was just so strange, Pastor, the... The, the appearance, the, the look, it was almost like a feeling that you had that this was not a temporary situation, wow. a, a temporal situation. This was, this was 
evil. A spiritual battle. Yes. Wow. And th this, from the moment she broke her back right through her recovery period, and it, even till today, I think the devil was trying to get at her somehow, mm -hmm. and God protected her in, in so many ways over the years. We're so thankful. Yes, praise the Lord. So anyway, the decision was made to go with surgery because every time they got her up, she was uh, they would x-ray her and her spine would have shifted a little bit more. Mm. So she had the surgery done in which they placed two titanium rods in her spine and they took bone from her hip to put in place of the vertebrae. It was very major surgery after a very traumatic accident. Yes. When we walked into her room after the surgery, the nurse that I saw in her room taking care of her was the very nurse that we had seen in the corridor that day who had given us such a, an evil look. My. It threw me for a minute, but I decided that, you know, maybe it was just an odd thing that happened. So, first of all, the next morning after the surgery, the nurse was insisting that Nicola get up out of bed and try and walk, which I understand is the right thing to do after surgery. But she was treating her very, very roughly. Mm. Nicola had tubes coming out of all kinds of places. Mm -hmm. And the nurse was just shoving her over to get her, bra uh, trying to get her brace on. Um, and she... It upset me so much that I asked her to leave the room. Hmm. Um, well, she she tried to resist, of course. She did. But Nicola was in such agony, and we were we were feeling so badly about it. And this whole thing about the way she appeared and how she was acting mm -hmm. really was quite firm. Mm -hmm. You know, very you strange. leave this room now. Yes. <laughs> so. After that all happened, we took a break and had some lunch and came back. And when we came back in the room, Nicola's eyes were rolled up in her head. Mm. When I first saw her, I, look, I looked up and I saw some flowers that had come for her. And I thought she was looking at the flowers. So I said, oh, Nicola, those are so pretty. So... I realized after a few minutes she wasn't looking at me. So I said, Nicola, look at Mom. She says, I can't. Oh. I can't bring my eyes down. I can't do anything with them. Well, at that point, I lost it. Uh -huh. I had held it together the whole way through since the accident. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I had to leave the room. I was so scared. Mm -hmm. um, many doctors came in and examined her, including eye specialists and everything else, and nobody could explain what was happening to her. I went to her private room instead of her recovery room, and our daughter-in-law, Kim, who had come over with our son, Richard, sat by Nicola's bedside and sang to her that whole night. Beautiful. And I have never forgotten that. Right. It was such a blessing. A few hours later, a nurse came in to talk to me, and she said not to worry about Nicola. She would be taking care of her that night, and her name was Angela. Mm -hmm. Early the next morning, the nurse came back to say I needed to come and see our daughter. 
When I went into the room, Nicola was sitting up in the chair with her brace on. She had had a shower, mm -hmm. and her eyes were, although they were glazed, were back to where they should be. Praise the Lord. And we were so thrilled, you can imagine. Mm. Well, she had lots and lots of different things happening to her while she was in the hospital, but she was recovering slowly. We spent two weeks in the hospital and then two more weeks in Florida. And then she was allowed to come home, although she had to wear the brace for three months. Six weeks after we returned home, we went back to the hospital for her checkup. Nicola had wanted to take small gifts to thank some of the doctors and nurses who had helped her so much. But upon inquiring, nobody knew of a nurse named Angela. Really? She was the most important one of all that we wanted pastor. to see. I mean, we stood at the desk, dumbfounded, and all of the, they called the, the senior duty nurse. The head nurse. They looked up in the computer. And the they doctors. Said, we, we have no one here by that name. That gives me chills. Yeah, it, <laughs> it did, did us. us. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And um, of course, uh, it's obvious, but Angela, Angel, yes. just so... <laughs> <laughs> just so connected. So much so. <laughs> so I've always been a person, not to be cynical, but I've always questioned these kinds of stories mm -hmm. because some of them are just, you feel, are too unbelievable to be true. Mm -hmm. But uh, I've always also believed that God puts angels amongst us for a special purpose and we've never experienced anything as real as this. But to this day, I believe that Angela was an angel that God sent to us and to Nicola. Thank you, Lord. And this is our God story. Yes. And just a little tidbit, Pastor. <clears throat> I was staying in a condominium up in Fort Lauderdale, plantation area, um, where Nicola ultimately went for her, her two weeks of recovery. Yes. But while I was driving, leaving Nicola at the hospital with Nicola, I would drive up and for the night and come back in the morning. And on the way up, at the very beginning, one of the first nights I left them, I decided <clears throat> I was going to stop into the Christian bookshop, which we knew in the area. It's the Lifeway shop. Yes. And I went in and I, I looked around and I asked the woman who was in the shop, what could I have? I was having some pretty difficult times. She recommended a couple of things, but I spotted a Gaither tape yes. a video. So I bought it. And I went home that night, leaving them down in, in um, Miami. Miami. And uh, I played this. And the, halfway through, I guess it was, there was one song that spoke about your promise coming down the road. I don't know if you've ever heard it. Mm. The Gaithers sing it often in their, in their various um, CDs. But God spoke to me very directly mm -hmm. in that, that I had a promise from God that my daughter was going to be okay. Yes. It was so personal yes. and so real. Wonderful. Yeah. And just to finish it off, Nicola was 18 at the time. She's now 37. She's married and has two beautiful daughters and we are so thankful that God just intervened in her life and brought her through and us and that she's here with us 
whole. Yes. Praise the Lord. Another tidbit, Pastor. These little things come to mind. Yes. When she was about to deliver her first child, Mm -hmm. all we could think about was her back. Yes. Is she going to be able to have a normal delivery? Is something going to happen to those rods in her back? Yes. And so we sat there in the waiting room. Yes. Her husband had gone in with her when she was having the baby. And you cannot describe, I cannot describe to you the feelings that we had when my phone beeped. I looked at it and her, her husband, Eric, had sent me a text Baby Kara's born and, and the weight. Praise the Lord. Nicholas Fine. Ah, oh, praise the Lord. Yeah. That is marvelous. We thank God. Indeed. And uh, thank you for coming into the studio, both of you, to share this marvelous God story. And I just know that uh, your hearts are still full to overflowing in thanks and praise to God. And we join with you, those of us who are hearing this God story. I know that across the family islands and and across New Providence. There are many believers this morning when they hear this story that are encouraged to trust the Lord for their own miracle and to see that the angels that God may put into their path to assist them Mm -hmm. and to confirm his love for them. And uh, this is just marvelous. Thank you again. How about we'll have a word of prayer together? Yes. Oh, Lord, we thank and praise you for this remarkable story of a life spared, um, a back preserved, and uh, answered prayer, and even an angel we believe named Angela coming to attend to Nicola and her needs. Lord, thank you for who you are. Thank you that there's none like unto you. Thank you that you're high and lifted up. Uh, Thank you that you bear our burdens and you uh, have the answers to our problems. And Lord, we pray that we would learn to trust you and and to um, magnify your name through our trials. Lord, I pray for any who are listening uh, this morning who are in need of a miracle, who are fearful, who are uh, perhaps discouraged, who do not know how a way can be made through their situation. Uh, Please encourage these to call out to you, not that you need any information, Lord, but that they would call out to you as an act of faith and reliance upon you. Lord, uh, be honored, be glorified, uh, be served as your people who are called by your name. Hear this God story and then ponder it and uh, trust you with their everything. Uh, Bless the Sweeting family. Uh, Bless Nicola and Eric and their wonderful girls. Help them to know your abiding presence and uh, your great love. And we pray these things rejoicing always. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church, Nassau, Bahamas. Our morning worship services are at 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. in our sanctuary located on Collins Avenue. We encourage you to join us. Feel free to write us at eocradio at gmail.com. That's eocradio at gmail.com or P.O. Box N1684, Nassau, Bahamas. 
And remember, everyone needs a savior.